Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Sean Rash. Sean is a former Wichita State Shocker. Sean grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Sean is right now currently bowling on the PBA Tour and has seven career titles. Sean, I want to thank you for joining us today. Tim Berg, thank you so much for having me, uh, especially alongside with Steve Plumpkin, a good friend and a great bowler himself. This will be a blast. All right, Sean, well, let's begin back when you were in junior bowling. You grew up in Alaska. So at what point when you were in the juniors and the junior programs up there, did, did you realize or did you, when you start lapping the field and start winning every tournament, did you realize, you know what, this this bowling thing, I, I may be able to do something with this? You know, I was uh, a pretty good baseball player as well. So it was actually uh, probably about 1999, 2000, uh, when I finally met the coaches at Wichita State and some other college coaches. I thought I might have a, a career in, in college bowling. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you I was not a history buff of our sport growing up. I uh, just didn't know much about it. There wasn't a whole lot of pros from Alaska. And, uh, you know, I just bowled on the weekends, bowled some tournaments with mom and dad, you know, the occasional city and state tournaments every year. But uh, didn't really have much, uh, you know, future that I was thinking about as a junior. So. Well, I think when we uh I think when we met Sean, we were actually in Reno at the National Bowling Stadium and um I'm trying to remember exactly what year that was, but I think it was uh a Team USA finals. Does that sound about right? It sounds right. I want to say 1998, uh right around 98 99 time frame and uh met you actually Lane 81 Pro Shop where Mike Jasnow is now, but I want yeah. to say you were the one to encourage me to move to 16 pounds. Uh, yeah, well, that weight. does sound like me. I definitely am a <laughs> proponent of the heavier bowling balls. That's funny. Um, yep. So you were the state you were the state champion then, I think, and uh, came down. You might have been one of the youngest players in the field there at, at the Team USA trials. Well, the first trial I bowled was actually in 98. That was in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. Um, ah. So it might have been 99 that I met you. 98 was when Chris Barnes was in, like, 60th place and found a, a miracle block with the old... Forest Green Storm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and John Gaines was uh, on the team that year. I want to say Carl Fitek won, but, um, you know, the, the next year I was a representative. I want to say it was Ron Moore. Um, two years in a row we went back and forth, uh, you know, qualifying. That's when they used to take the top one or top two, depending on how many people qualified. But uh, those were some good days for sure. And you had, uh, you know, back at that time, I remember, because you were, you had a couple more years in high school left, and, and like you mentioned, you were good at baseball um, as well. And I remember, you know, chatting with you a little bit about, you know, college bowling, because it was a pretty big, you know, part of my life, and definitely a big fan of Wichita State, of course. It, it, what really made you uh, decide to go to Wichita State? And then how do you, you know, looking back now, how much, how do you value your time that you bowled there in, in college yeah. bowling? I would say the reason I picked Wichita was just the acceptance that I got from Coach Vatican and Coach Lewis in 1998-99, uh, that time frame when I was bowling the, at the time the Coca-Cola Youth Championships. I'd went four out of five years in a row. Um, and just, uh, you know, I, I talked to a few other coaches and just didn't feel the, the welcoming that, hey, you have a chance to 
hang out, be a part of our program, uh, learn something. And just that's when I actually started looking into the history of, you know, if I wanted to go pro, how many players went to Wichita that have had success on the PBA tour? Um, you know, what's the values and what do you get out of going to Wichita State, even though you're not guaranteed to play your first year, which everybody wants to play. Um, but it was just, uh, you know, Gordon was so nice. Uh, took the time to not just meet with myself, but my parents as well. He wanted them to be a fan and, and come and visit the school. And uh, our first visit was actually in 2000 when the Collegiate Nationals were there. So it was a, a great experience to, to be able to meet him and some of the players and, and watch the College Nationals. I know, Sean, one of the things Matt McNeil mentioned in our interview earlier we did with him, he's you know now bowling at Wichita State, that he mentioned, and, and he's quite an accomplished player beforehand, that he's learned more in the last six months than he learned his entire bowling career before that. What sticks with you as you are in the PBA now bowling and bowling quite successfully, I might add? I think one of the things that I learned more than anything was you know the, the famous quote from Gordon is expect the unexpected. Uh, but the one thing that I learned more from just listening to others was you got to learn from failure before you have success. And, uh, you know, it was a really, it was a big slap in the face to me as a junior having so much success going to the collegiate level, not getting to play as much as I would like uh, my first year, having so many more accolades than some of the other players on the team. And, you know, you learn to go from an individual player to a team setting is one very hard to do uh, because it, you know, now we have the PBA league, but, you didn't have things as, as team functions. You just didn't do that much very often. So that was tough to uh, put the self-ego aside, even though I'm still a fan that you've got to, you know, bowl your best to help your team at the best. Uh, people don't get that sometimes. But, um, you know, learning from failure, you know, not everybody can win. Only one person ends up winning uh, at the end of the day in an individual sport. And even now and then you'll have uh, some doubles and trios and team events. But, for us now in the PBA Tour, you know, you want to see your friends and other competitors succeed and have a family and be able to provide, but you want them to finish one spot behind you. And it, it's tough to say that, but that's how our, our mindset is now on the PBA Tour. Hey, going back uh, just a few years, you know, you mentioned that, Sean, about you, know, you have to experience a little bit of a failure before you can succeed. Now, when you came out on the PBA Tour, I was actually there at the, at the Masters uh, out there at, uh, in, in Milwaukee in 2007 when you won. And I, I know when you came out uh, and you made your first few shows, you were pretty much unstoppable. I mean, you, you won almost every match on TV. I don't know exactly what your, your record was, but kind of talk us through a little bit of that, you know, because a lot of people do come out, uh, you know, when you're a rookie or a first or, you know, second, third year on tour or so, and you make shows, you know, the pressure is just causes a lot of pros to, to really, you know, falter on TV. And you came out almost unstoppable to just kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I was very, uh, I guess I experienced all the failure as a rookie. Uh, you know, I was so close to the TQRs. Uh, I'd missed seven or eight of them by one spot or I tied and lost the roll off in one of them. And then finally came out and won my first event in West Virginia through the TQRs. And then the next week I was leading the U S seven with seven games to go. And, you know, the first four shows I made, I won, uh, started out seven and oh, one away from, Breaking uh, a couple records, um, you know, Hugh Miller started 4-0 and his first four shows, and George Branham started 8-0 and on television. And, um, you know, my first loss eventually came to Norm Duke at the World Championships in Wichita, which was kind of disappointing since that was where I was, at, you know, living at the time. But, you know, I came out on television 
and I still have the philosophy is we're entertainers, you know, have fun, uh, expect the unexpected, bowl the best you can, not worry about your opponent because you can't control what they're doing. And I was so focused on my process of, uh, you know, making good shots and making spares and just having the time of my life. I was 25-something years old, so not much else really to worry about. Um, you know, it was a blast. And then uh, after I lost in Wichita, I was having a lot of issues with the approaches in my shoes. Everyone remembers the, the box on television. Um, you know, I had that issue all week long. I would have probably had... And grand and find that they would have caught me in match play, but uh, <laughs> those next couple of years were pretty tough uh, mentally, uh, not really physically, but mentally. You know, I was selected for Team USA in 2008 with the seven 2000 in 2007 with the 2008 team with the you know the PBA Dream Team, so they say, uh, with some unbelievable players, of course, uh, some idols with Parker and uh, mentors with Chris Barnes and some others. And then I wasn't selected to bowl in the world championships. And uh, it was pretty disheartening because I had been, you know, 4-0 and on television. I was one of the up-and-coming stars, so they said. I'd done everything uh, through junior bowling, through college bowling, through USBC, uh, USBC Eagles, all that other stuff. And, uh, you know, it was kind of slapped in the face. Uh, you, need, you need to learn a little bit more before you're able to compete. And... Um, it was really hard to, to fathom, and especially with some of the guys that were picked. Um, you, you think back at the time, you're like, well, I'm better than him, and that wasn't the case. You know, they were, they were all great players, and everyone that's on Team USA is a great player. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on that team. And Steve, you know what that's all about. So, um, you know, for a couple of years, all I cared about on television, um, I could get to television, but when I got there, all I wanted to do was prove people wrong, uh, that I meant to belong on that team and I should have bowled and should have done this and I should have been given this and instead of you know I earned it and I belong there and I've got to tell myself you know if I just do the process right the outcome will take care of itself and I struggled for quite a while and uh, I can't tell you how many people pulled me aside and said hey you need to do this on television you you can do this and this will help you win or I had one guy tell me I should take a shot of whiskey just to calm the nerves and um, you, you just learn so much um, from every experience. And I think a lot of fans and people don't realize television is a completely different tournament than getting to television. It's it's almost more important to get to TV than winning sometimes. And uh, as hard as that is to say, because all you want to do is win, getting to television is a big win in our sport, I think. Well, and let's talk about how did your game physically change from, like you guys are talking, from the late 90s to where it is today? Well, you know, everyone talks about how your back should be in a degree and angles and, you know, process of arm swing and tempo and all that other good stuff. You know, I used to run to the foul line. Uh, I used to start at the back of the approach. Now I start at the, the front dots, which is about a three-foot difference. Uh, my back used to be parallel with the the floor itself, my swing was straight up. Um, I'm pretty sure Coach Lewis has some of those uh, videos back in the day. Um, spare shooting, I still throw it as hard as I used to, maybe a little softer. Uh, but I actually have a target now, and before it was just kind of go up there. Spares didn't mean anything. Strikes were all that mattered. And uh, my first six months, I will never forget in, at college, uh, after I missed the cut at Team USA Nationals, my mother asked Coach Lewis, 
know, my son used to make this cut, and he was a good bowler. What the hell happened to him? And uh, Coach Lewis was in shock, and so was I. And uh, I, I literally had a huge argument with Coach Lewis and Vatican because we weren't communicating the way I thought we would communicate as a, a player-coach relationship. And you've got to learn how coach each coach is different. Um, you know, Gordon uh, is a, more of a mental coach, I think. Steve, I, you would agree. And Lewis was more of the physical coach. But, you know, Lewis wasn't there to – to tell you every shot, hey, this was this was really good, and that's the kind of coach that I've kind of wanted to always have. And I finally realized that now, once I've gone on tour with Rick Benoit being a coach and Billy Orlikowski and now Chuck Gardner being our ball rep, I love to have that communication every shot, not every other shot or every three games. So that was a huge change uh, in the '90s to to now, where I was always used to that immediate feedback. You didn't get that at college at first. You had to ask for it and, and work for it. And that was one of the greatest things that I learned from Coach Lewis was, hey, we're here to help, but you need to do it, some of it on your own, and we'll be there for you on the way through it. So you mentioned, uh, you know, as far as the you know, tour rep, Chuck Gardner, is he your coach as well? I mean, as far as you work on your physical yeah, game with him when at, you, you – uh... For sure. You know, Gordon uh, and Mark, anytime I'm in Wichita and I see him, you know, they're always open to, to work with me. Uh, I've done videos with multiple people through the years, but normally uh, if something's wrong, uh, Chuck and Billy O at, at Brunswick will, can see it when we're competing and uh, we'll work on it through a practice session or a day off. We'll go hit the lanes and um, unfortunately don't have a coach here in the Chicago area, even though I could probably go work with one of the greatest with Bill Spigner uh, anytime I needed to, but um as much as I'm competing, I stay pretty sharp, so that's kind of a, a nice little bonus. Yeah, I was going to say, Sean, how much of a, a benefit is it for, like, a you know, I'm working through some parts of my game, and we're always trying to fine-tune what we're working on, but as, as a professional, for you guys, it's more about feel, and you guys can actually feel it, where a lot of the amateurs, myself included, when I try to change something in my game, it takes me forever, because I can't always feel what I'm trying to fix. So for you guys, they're probably very, you know, almost like fine-tuning of an issue, correct? Yeah, absolutely, but don't don't get us wrong. You know, when we make changes, it doesn't happen overnight either. Uh, when, when I coach all over the world, I tell people we expect two to three weeks to, to actually feel like you can repeat your, that you're doing it the right way. Um, and the only time I encourage anybody to try something new in a competition is when you know you're completely shut out of it. You know, when you go to a competition, you need to do what you're good at, uh, be able to repeat shops, make spares. And then, uh, you know, if I'm not bowling well, at an event, and I know I have no chance to make the cut or make the show, Chuck and I will actually talk about doing some things different, trying different balls, playing a different part of the lane, just to try to get a little bit better at it. And uh, so you're in competitive mode, and you know it doesn't really affect you so much. So, um, you know, even for the amateurs, amateurs want to see their ball strike. Uh, that's great. Spares are still what makes money um, and makes cuts and, and wins titles and wins points in, in the league play. So um, those are the things that I encourage people to, to practice the most are, are spares. Hey, what are you talking about the, you know, the physical game and making these kind of changes and adaptations to your game? You know, there's a lot of talk on, uh, and I don't know if it's so much on the PBA tour, but you definitely hear it from the commentator side and from other various coaches around about the importance of the mental game. Like, do you feel as far as, what makes you successful? Do you feel like you're, you're, you're stronger physically? Or are you stronger mentally? A little bit of both? What kind of importance do you give to the mental game? 
the mental game, I think, varies from person to person. Um, you know, I've always been very confident. That's why I think a lot of people have not liked me uh, just from watching me on television. But I'm pretty down to earth, I think, when you're sitting in the back just kind of watching and hanging out. But I think uh, you've got to be confident. You've got to feel like you, when you put those shoes on, you're going to win the tournament. Otherwise, you shouldn't be there. Uh, and I kind of take that from, you know, some of the greatest that's ever played the game, and not just bowling, but in golf and swimming and tennis and all the individual sports. And you know, Tiger Woods doesn't go to an event just to, to finish 30th and collect his $100,000. <laughs> and he's going there to win and add up that total. Um, you know, when I started on tour, I had dreams of breaking Walter's records. Now, is that possible still? Yeah, because I'm 30 years old and I could bowl till I'm 80 probably. So, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't go to any event thinking I'm not going to win. Uh, you've got to feel like you have a chance to compete and you've got the right equipment and your mental game is right and your physical game is correct. But the physical game does take a toll on some people. The rev rate and the ball speed, um, definitely uh, give you that extra hit or two or or three a block, uh, which is a lot of pins, um, or that extra hit in the game when those bonus pins matter. So, uh, I mean, Steve, you work with one of the guys that people don't like very much with Jason Belmonte at Storm. Uh, he's got the same kind of hatred with his physical game because he gets that extra hit or two that, that most people aren't going to get. And, uh, you know, we take full advantage of it because of, you know, the gift that we've been given. So, Sean, what uh, what advice do you have for young players? This spotlight, this collegiate spotlight, is is geared towards younger bowlers and people that are coming, you know, going into college, going to be making their choice of where they want to go go to school. Obviously, with two Wichita State guys, I know where you guys are going to recommend they at least try to go. But what advice do you have for a, a 14, 15, 16 year old? And you mentioned spares already, but what's another thing that maybe they can also be working on? Some of the things, Tim, that I've always told players at a younger age is you've got to have fun doing it. Um, You've got to enjoy the, the atmosphere that you're in, the team atmosphere that you're still in. And the high school bowling program has been so good across the country. It's nice to see. There's actually the regional finals this weekend here at one of my at my home center, Parkside Lanes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching some of that happen. But uh, you got to enjoy it. You know, spares are, is what it is, but enjoy what you're doing. You know, I don't think we go to work every day uh, not having fun. Otherwise, you'd be miserable and you probably wouldn't work there very long. So, um, you know, yes, Wichita State is one of the best collegiate programs, probably will always be one of the best uh, 30 or 40 years from now when Gordon and, and Lewis are retired. But, you know, I, I always tell players, go to a school that you can get an education that you want to get first. Because um, Wichita doesn't offer all the educations that you probably would, would want. So education is huge. Um, I've said this many times. People think I'm an idiot for saying it, but I could get in a car accident next week and never be able to bowl again. Uh, but I have an education that I can rely on to, to work full-time at just about anywhere in the world, and uh, I look forward to that, uh, and it's nice to have that resume. Yeah, great points there. You're absolutely right. The uh, You know, you just you, you have to have a little bit of a backup plan, you know, and that's I think that's real wise of you to say is it's uh, – you know, definitely got to appreciate all the success you've had on the lanes, but if something, you know, odd and weird were to happen and you weren't able to compete on the lanes, you know, you've got that, you've got that, uh, that plan in place and you're already prepared and you have that diploma. So congrats on that, uh, Sean. Hey, last, uh, last question I have for you, um, Shocker Basketball, 24-0. Are, are we going undefeated uh, going into the, uh, 
NCAA tournament? You know, I'll I'll be honest, Steve. I'm not a huge college basketball fan. I've always been a, a Duke fan uh, since I was a little kid. Dad loved Duke, so I've always loved Duke. Um, you know, I, I've watched Wichita State. You know, through the years since I went there, and the last couple of years have been pretty good. And I know that some of the alums are all over the social media talking about how scary last night was against Indiana State. I personally could not tell you how many or you know, how many games are left? I don't even know, six or seven uh, to make it undefeated. Um, I know our road is probably a lot easier than Syracuse's road is to go undefeated. Uh, but I think their main goal is, uh, you know, they'd rather lose now than when the big dance happens. So, um, you know, I like their chances. Um, you know, 24-0 is pretty good. They haven't played some big teams like a Duke or Syracuse or, uh, Arizona or Florida, some of the, the schools that have been around for a while and been quite dominant. So uh, it'll be nice to it'll be nice to see them go undefeated, but it's uh, rarely done for a reason. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think uh, I think they'll probably lose before the big dance. Um, I'm not sure who, but I think uh, I think they'll make the final eight for sure, and maybe even the final four again. Great stuff, Sean. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure and, and a treat to catch up and get some insight from one of the uh, truly great bowlers out there on the PBA Tour, and, and all the best of luck con- uh, continued for you. I appreciate it, Tim. I just uh, you know, I want to thank a few people, if you don't mind, real quick. Uh, first, I just want to thank my sponsors, Brunswick and Vice and Strikes for Kids. But I definitely want to thank the PBA. Uh, a lot of people have been bashing our sport lately uh, through all levels, um, which is kind of sad to see. And I would like to just tell those people that, you know, the negativity has got to stop. And I think Steve would agree that negativity uh, through the manufacturer, the industry itself has got to be pushed back. And we're going to talk about some of the positive things that are going on in our sport. And that is high school bowling, the collegiate sport. USBCs are still at some of the all-time highs. And uh, last but not least, the PBA. You know, that's the place the kids dream to go. You want to be a part of it. It's the highest level in our sport. And, uh, you know, the PBA, even though the economy is not the greatest, we're still surviving. They're still giving us events to bowl in the United States worldwide. And uh, you know, there's not many people that would uh, want to not be able to bowl what we want to do on the PBA tour. So it's, uh, it's very nice to have them. Uh, you know, without the PBA, I wouldn't have my contract, and I wouldn't be on this conference call with you guys right now. So I just, like I said, I want to say thanks to them. But thank you for uh, all you do for collegiate bowling, Steve. And, and Tim, and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, thanks, John. Appreciate it. A lot of good points there, and uh, we'll have you back on sometime. And I'd uh, love to hear some more about you mentioned the strikes for kids, and um, we have a lot more stuff we can talk about. So uh, thanks Absolutely. for your time, and appreciate it. Thank you. You guys have a great day. <laughs>